Today, we are getting into our final 53-man roster prediction for the Chargers, including them only keeping two QBs this year, but unfortunately, some fan favorites getting released. You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Lockdown Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David Drogemeyer, and we've been covering the Chargers together now for eight seasons, but this is our sixth year as a host of the Lockdown Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. Thank you guys, as always, for making this your first listen, and to make sure you never miss the show, go subscribe or follow for free on the Lockdown Chargers YouTube channel and listen wherever you get your podcasts from, especially when you get random night shows like this because big decisions wait ahead for the Chargers. And today we're giving our final 53-man prediction. I'm wondering if me and David are going to have the same list because we have not talked about this at all. We do not know who we're going to pick. I made the pretty much lineup on the right based on what I have. But it starts with me thinking that the Chargers are only going to keep two quarterbacks this year, which would be much different than we've seen in years past. They've always kept three. I think that's a good thing roster construction-wise. Elijah Dotson, is Trey McKitty safe? I think there's questions all up and down this roster, especially compared to other years with some legitimate arguments for guys being able to go and make this squad, like Gerard Clark, Elijah Dotson, some undrafted free agent guys. We already saw Carlo Kemp got released, so we've already seen some things sprinkle out, but this is what we feel like at this point is going to happen. So before we get into it, download the Game Time app because if you create an account and use the code LOCKDOWNNFL, you can get $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Dave, let's start with the quarterbacks because there was one key thing that both of us picked up on the last couple of weeks that I'm guessing made you go the same direction as me. I only have them keeping two quarterbacks this year for the first time under Brandon Staley. Yes, that's exactly right. Two quarterbacks, and it was just, it was because of what Brandon Staley kind of said. He kind of said, "Hey," and it was talking about the the third quarterback rule. He said, "Hey, we we understand the rule. We we've obviously talked about it. But if you kind of listen to to the way he responded, reading in between the lines, I think it's pretty clear that this year, I think uh, for a couple of different reasons, the Chargers are ready to only carry two quarterbacks. I think the first of those reasons is Justin Herbert going into year four in the NFL. I think they don't feel like they need to pair him with a veteran quarterback. I feel like they they, they like where he's at. Yeah. Uh, also, I just feel like for Max Duggan, he's an impressive athlete, showed some good speed, but unfortunately he's just not at an NFL level as a passer, and I don't feel like the Chargers can justify that roster spot. So with that being said, I have two quarterbacks for the Chargers on this 53-man roster. It, yeah, and the quote was exactly this. He said, we've kept three quarterbacks in the past, but every year is a new year. Maybe we're reading too much into it. Maybe it's wishful thinking, but for our final prediction, we each have them only keeping Justin Herbert and Easton Stick, and I think there's still some question marks about Easton Stick. Maybe someone like Will Greer makes sense. The Cowboys just released their backup sure after trading like for Trey Lance. He had four touchdowns after he knew he was going to get cut. Really weird situation in Dallas. Has ties to Kellen Moore. Also, played at West Virginia, who Pat White, the Chargers offensive assistant, is also an alumni from there as well. Yep. So some connections there, and I mean, hey, I, I don't hate that, right? I don't know if it'd be a replacement of Easton Stick or in addition to. We'll have to see. But let's get to the running backs because this is a big one, David, because Elijah Dotson was firmly on the roster bubble, is firmly on the roster bubble as we sit right now. We don't know what his fate is going to be. He is not one of the few guys we've seen kind of get released already. The Chargers doing that early with guys like Carlo Kemp. Cam, Cam Brown, the corner, has also been released. Did you find a way to fit Elijah Dotson on your final 53-man roster? 
Yeah, unfortunately, I could not. I could not find a way to to put Elijah Dotson on my fifty. You don't think roster. they will though, right? Because yeah, that's the important I, thing. And, and, this is that, what we think is going to happen. Not right, what we exactly. would necessarily do. Sure. Right. That and that, and that's that's the way I have it. I just don't feel like. Uh, as impressive as his first game, game in the preseason was, I mean, and, and, and it definitely was, I don't sure. think the subsequent games after that was enough for Elijah Dotson to force himself onto this 53-man roster. And honestly, I think that's what it was going to have to take, a, a performance that made the coaches have to find a spot for him. And unfortunately, I don't feel like that happened. So I have uh, four, including the fullback. So I have Austin Eckler. Joshua Kelly, Isaiah Spiller, and I do have Xander Horvath because of his special teams value. Yeah, and something we've talked about before going into the last preseason game is it felt like Horvath was safe. Not that they've used fullbacks a lot. Kellen Moore in Dallas didn't really use a traditional fullback, but he plays a ton of special teams. And this team, I think at this point, would rather keep him, or I think this is their thought process, over Elijah Dotson. I think that's what it came down to for me when I was trying to put myself in those shoes. I think that's the way it's going to go down, even though they, they don't really use a fullback like that. Man, Elijah Dotson was super impressive, right? He averaged over eight yards per carry through the whole thing, right? Even with a down game, 18 carries, 146 yards, a couple of touchdowns, a couple of 35-plus yard touchdowns. And yeah. I think this was one of the hardest places. You know, I, I think it came down to me where they were going to keep the spots because you have yeah. to – or which positions they are going to kind of fill up because I have them keeping six receivers – Right? Will they keep six receivers? Will they keep four running backs and a fullback? It's hard to say, but the fourth running back is not going to get a lot of carry, right? Like no. that person's not going to get a lot of playing time. Obviously, if he makes it through the waiver wire, he is one of the first people I'm hitting back up to get on that practice squad. I loved what I saw from Elijah Dotson in that regard. Absolutely. Yeah, and so I think for that position, a guy that's not going to play, we don't really know what his prowess was on special teams. He didn't play a ton of it, so we don't really know, you know, and that would be kind of where he would have to excel to make it as the fourth running back. A guy who's not going to get a lot of carries in the game, but you want him around if a couple guys get hurt. Yeah. But it would, it would legitimately take two you know, of your running backs to be injured on the same week for him to get any kind of run is what it right. would have taken. So yeah. let's go to receivers. I'm guessing we have the same amount. I have them keeping six receivers this year. That, you know, that's also different than what we've seen in the past. right? We've seen them keep yeah. five receivers in the past on this team. This year I have them keeping six. I have Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Josh Palmer, Quentin Johnston, Darius Davis, and also, this was the tough one, Keelan Doss. I couldn't keep him off the roster. I think that the inexperience and size of Darius Davis is one of the moves for this kind of insurance at the end of the receiver sure. room, especially with Brandon Staley saying, hey, he still has to prove he can take those hits. Yeah. But it also means, David, John Hightower is kind of left out of the equation, and that's what it came down to. It was one of those two guys, but John Hightower just absolutely disappeared in the preseason. Yeah, I had it uh, exactly the same way uh, as you. Uh, I feel like the Chargers exactly have to come in. So far. Right. Yeah, I just feel like the Chargers have to come into this season with six wide receivers. However, it's constructed. And I feel like the first five, we knew who they were going to be. It was just going to be that last spot. And I feel like if Jalen Guyton was healthy, it would have been his spot. And then we wouldn't be having any of these conversations at all. But as it uh, stands now, it seems like Jalen Guyton is probably going to start the year on the PUP list. And this sixth wide receiver is going to be a placeholder until he's ready to go. And, uh, and I think right now, because of his availability and his performance and his consistency, I think Keelan Doss earned that role because he was just he was there and he caught everything that was thrown at his uh, thrown at his way. So, I mean, that's something I understand. He's, you know, kind of similar to the other wide receivers that you have on the roster. But you're saying I think he's his, slow. No, I'm just, I'm just saying that yeah. you know, what he kind of brings to the table is kind of similar. But 
I just feel like that's that's what has happened. He's done enough, and I feel like he's going to be the guy. This one was one of the more difficult uh, spots to to decide on this 53-man roster prediction. And both he and John Hightower both have a little bit of actual NFL experience, yeah. right? And that's important. It's not a, a Michael Bandy situation. Neither one of those guys is only going to be refined to the slot, right? right. So that's another thing that's a little bit different. This year from last year, trying to make the case for someone like Michael Bandy, who's an undrafted free agent with no NFL experience. Right. It sucks because I think roster construction-wise, it's worse, right? Yeah, I, I think John I Hightower is a better fit for that sixth role. He's a more Agreed. similar comp to someone like Jalen Guyton. I think what ends up happening is once Jalen Guyton ends up coming off the PUP list, if he does, right? Because if not, then he has to go on injured reserve if he's not right. ready for it at that point, right? But if he does, then he has like a three-week period to ramp himself up, and that's when you're going to have to make a decision. Like the numbers... The days could be numbered for the six wide receiver spot yeah. on this team because Jalen Guyton is still waiting in the wings. He's been seen doing little light things on the side at practice. Maybe good news, you know, for him to try to get back at some point. But yeah, Keelan Doss's production is there. I just think if as far as a better fit, you know, a guy that was a legit deep threat. Brandon Staley said training camp mattered a little bit more than preseason to him. But you just can't disappear. You know, one catch on seven targets. It's just really hard to make the case for John Hightower, even though physically. He's easily the guy, I mean, skill set-wise, that makes a lot more sense than Keelan Doss, who's, you know, a possession type of receiver. Like, that yeah. is just what he is. He's not a burner. He's not a legit deep threat. But I think he's dependable. Yeah. And I think they've seen enough from him throughout the entire offseason, not just in the preseason, because he was making plays outside of that as well. But can this team make the argument for keeping Trey McKitty? This is something I kept going into because I really liked Stone Smart. I thought Stone Smart absolutely did enough. Can this team continue to roster Trey McKitty after really what ended up being another disappointing offseason from him, right? I mean, I think there's big decisions there. We'll see what happens, but I also think there's some big decisions on the defensive line where another fan favorite could get the cut coming up right after this. First, though, I do need to tell you guys that August is here, and you know what that means. It's the official start of Fantasy Football Drafting Month. Get championship ready for your home league by trying out best ball on Underdog Fantasy. I know it sounds weird to do different fantasy and it might seem hard. This is like the easiest way you could possibly play fantasy football. And it's a really fun way with the season coming up. All you do is one live snake draft, no waivers, no trades. Underdog sets your best lineup every week. Try it out with Underdog's Best Ball Mania tournament that's going on right now. Listen to this, guys. It's the largest fantasy football contest of all time. And it's back and even bigger with $15 million of total prizes up for grabs, including an absurd $3 million going to the winner. Last year, the winner was drafted in july so what are you waiting for it's time i mean i think you guys could still do it in august but underdog is the easiest place to play fantasy football and the best place for best ball visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the app store and sign up with the promo code locked on to get your first deposit doubled up to a hundred dollars that's underdog fantasy promo code locked on all right david we have a lot of positions to get to we're gonna have to hit hyperspeed with the everydayers here because we have a lot more decisions to make those ones i mean we're hard already, and we haven't even really gotten into the toughest ones. Let's get to tight end because I feel like I know what's going to happen at this tight end position, but I don't love it. So who do you have making it? How many tight ends and which guys did you end up finding a way to keep? Yeah, so, I mean, yeah, I agree with you as, as well. I think this tight end position here is one of those that could still see some change. But as as I have it right now, I have them keeping four tight ends, Gerald Everett, Donald Parham Jr., Trey McKitty and Stone Smart. I still feel like Stone Smart has definitely done enough to earn his role uh, with you know his, his ability to catch uh, be a, as a 
pass catcher and sure. uh, as a very good blocker, opening up some big holes um, and really, you know, providing blocks to to secure touchdowns for. Yeah, the for big Josh players, Kelly so. touchdown. I mean, yeah. the Easton stick touchdown, a quarterback keeper. I mean, having him as a lead blocker, like we've seen in years past with guys like Steven Anderson, like yeah. he is capable of doing that. And he sprung that big run by Josh Kelly, him and Zach Bailey. I mean, who caved the right side. And as he, you know, we've seen all over Twitter. But for Trey Correct. McKitty here, I think Trey McKitty is going to be one of those guys where the Chargers should look to upgrade at that position. Uh, they should look at who gets cut, who they feel like could be a better fit, because I, I feel like it would be hard to believe that there isn't another tight end out there that would fit that blocking tight end role a little bit more effectively than we've seen from Trey McKitty in his tenure as a Charger. Well, I mean, let's just be honest. Like, it just doesn't feel like he's earned it with some of the guys that we're talking about. And it's easy for me to say from here, obviously. But, like, it was a pretty disappointing offseason, right? It a was. pretty disappointing preseason. One catch for negative five yards is just not going to be enough for me to make the argument just as a former third-round pick. We thought it yeah. was a reach at the time. He oh, showed some reach. really good promise as a rookie. But now he looks more like the version we saw in 2022 than he does the version we saw in 2021. I yeah. absolutely think... This is a position that, you know, he makes the team initially. I had the same four guys making it. I think it's a very real possibility that if the Chargers bring in a free agent, it's a tight end to potentially replace Trey McKitty while not putting Stone Smart on waivers who could, you know, actually get swapped up because I think that would happen. I don't Yeah. Maybe Trey McKitty gets through and gets on the practice squad. Maybe that's still a possibility. I don't know who would be picking him up based on what we've seen recently. But interesting, everyone goes back to their pre-draft analysis, right? So somebody, I'm yeah. sure, was high on Trey McKitty at some point. Maybe they can still talk himself into it. Very hard for me to talk myself into it for this specific conversation, David. But yeah. let's get to the offensive line because this is actually a position where we went in with big scaries and lots of question marks and a lot of, you know, concern about this. But, like, there's, I think, some reason to feel good about the depth the Chargers had at offensive line now that we've seen everything play out in the preseason all right, David, how many did you have making it? Which guys did you have making the cut? Yeah, I, I think, honestly, this has been one of the few years for the Chargers offensive line where your starters were already set. You knew who they were, and you're really just trying to figure out who your four backups were going to be. So, obviously, yeah. it's Slater, Johnson, Lindsley, Salyer, and Pipkins as your starters. But then I have Foster Sorrell, Will Clapp, <laughs> Jordan McFadden, and then I have the newcomer, Zach Bailey. I think Zach Bailey has been very, very impressive in this uh, offseason, in the preseason. He has obviously clearly improved. He's been mauling people in the running game. He's been super solid as a pass protector, and he's shown great versatility playing guard and playing tackle at a high level, uh, I, I might add. So uh, yeah. that's who I have for my starting uh, offensive line and for my depth guys, nine in total. It was great to see him play right tackle in the last game to the it point was. where even after one preseason game, like make him the swing tackle for me. Like, yeah. truly. I mean, I think Foster Sorrell started slow against the worst team they ended up playing in the preseason, but then I think yeah. ended up finishing pretty Getting strong. Better. Yeah. Feel better about it than I did before the preseason at the very least, right? While still not being totally sold on it. And I think Jordan McFadden actually showed me a lot. Transitioning yeah. to guard doing what he was able to do, especially yeah, those well. last two games. I felt like things started to quick a little bit. Good in the running game. Zach Bailey, though, man. Hard not to feel good about that dude. He's bounced around to four or five yeah. different teams already in his, like, four-year career. Hopefully, he can stick with the Chargers because he looked really, really impressive playing yeah. right tackle, albeit against backups for sure. But, like, a lot of the 49ers, like, key people were playing in that game. So, like, oh, yeah. it was a pretty good test to see him do it. Man, having a swing guard tackle like that dude makes me feel a lot better. Let Jordan McFadden kind of season a little bit. But what it also means 
is that a former Chargers draft pick is getting the boot, and that is Brendan Hymas, who played his best game in the last game of the preseason. I think he ended up being one of the Chargers' highest highest rated offensive players in the last preseason game. He looked really good at center, opened up a couple really nice runs while the Chargers were salting that game away. Maybe that was his position all along. I mean, this dude was a college tackle. He looked pretty good there. And honestly, David, maybe even wrapped himself up a practice squad spot. Maybe he showed at least, hey, there is some development happening here. We didn't see it pre-Brandon Staley. We barely saw it since. Maybe there is something, right? And that is something for the Chargers. But Zach Bailey made himself undeniable. And like yeah. we talk about all the time, that's what you got to do. Let's yep. get to the defensive line. That one's really tough, David, because there's yeah. a, basically one spot I see available. We had locks going into this. Sebastian Joseph Day, Austin Johnson, Morgan Fox, Scott Matlock. And Nick Williams. And Nick Williams is a guy who didn't play at all in the preseason. He is safe. That basically leaves one spot for either Christopher Hinton, Gerard Clark, David Moa, all of these guys battling it out because we think they're going to keep six. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, it definitely w- was a heated battle. I-, I think this is one of those coming into it where, you, you know, you didn't really know what your rotation was going to look like with the injuries on the defensive line. So I-, I-, I have those same locks as well. I think the last guy on here, as much as I really wanted to find a way to, uh, I really, really wanted to find a way to keep Gerard Clark because I like that prototype. Unfortunately, I just don't feel like the Chargers are going to make that move. I think they're going to go with someone they're more familiar with, which is you know a tendency that they tend to have. So that that person is Christopher Hinton. I think Christopher Hinton earned that role. He played well too. I mean, yeah. I can't discount uh, what he was able to do. Yeah, no feel like you. He was pretty like consistent he was as, solid. as a pass rusher and as a run stopper. He did both pretty well. So yeah. I feel like he's probably going to be the guy. Although Gerard Clark should, if he's able to clear waivers, be a prime candidate for the Chargers practice squad. Yeah, and, and if it was me making the roster, I think I'd ch- take the chance on him because it's the yeah. same situation with Tito Abonia, likely headed to PUP for the first four weeks at least of the regular season. You know, they'll make that decision down the road, what they want to do with him when he gets healthy. But, like, to have that kind of tryout for someone like Gerard Clark, who's a physical specimen, a true mountain of a man that actually picked up and, like, forklifted a guard in the last game of the preseason and got put on his back. I mean, he was just playing deep into that fourth quarter, though. And I think that's kind of what helped me make the decision. If it was me, I think I'd go Gerard Clark here. I mean, I think now at this point with this defensive line. I'm with you. This started off as separate 53-man roster predictions, but it looks like, I mean, so far we've been spot on, same exact guys. So this yeah. might be the Locked on Chargers official prediction for this one. Uh, man, uh, yeah, fingers crossed, Gerard Clark, C.J. Okoye, another guy the Chargers can get back on the practice squad. Yeah. I feel really, really good if they can get him there that he's going to get some action. And he's just so physically imposing. Yeah. Take your time to work out the rest because there's obviously a lot there to work with. But Definitely. quickly, let's get to the edge rushers because the Chargers – basically solidified this position today they ended up releasing carlo kemp who was the highest graded pff player from the chargers defense in the last game of the preseason was really good and if he's not making it david we're heading with the same four guys that we all know joey bosa quill mac Tooley, and chris rump that's absolutely right and i feel like the chargers did carlo kemp a little bit of a favor releasing him early getting that out there early because before the mass exodus begins because then people get lost in the wash that's why teams do that Exactly. And and he did well. He did play very, very well. But I just feel like this was a faded, you know, kind of a situation where the the four guys were already set. And it was because of the the way that they were able to show who they are. I mean, Chris Rump showed a lot of of, um, 
development progress, in his second sure. year. Yeah. Progress, yeah. He looks Tons a lot bigger. Uh, he looks a lot more three. stout. Yeah. And then Thule looks like a, a monster. I mean, uh, just a young monster, a guy who has some great chops as a pass rusher and some really good feel on the edge as a run stopper as well. I think you feel so much better about that edge position than you had in years past. I think so, too. And that was actually one of the notes I had. I mean, maybe we just have the same notes because I do feel pretty good about it, better than I expected. You're relying a lot on a rookie, and we'll see how that plays out. Obviously, you hope to get some regression to the mean as far as Joey Bosa's injuries, right? I think the Please. other big factor is Khalil Mack coming out a year two after surgery, right? After major foot surgery, him coming back in at a different speed than we saw him with in years past. Yeah, both a little bit heavier year. too. Yeah, Both a little bit bigger, both being menacing throughout the entire offseason and going up against guys like Rashawn Slater to kind of work their craft. Very high on the unit, but the Thule part of it in the Chris Rump progression, at least as a situational pass rusher, I feel like Chris Rump is absolutely an NFL-level player now. He looked now, like a man yeah. amongst boys when he was out there rushing the passer, sure and he got pressure at you know crazy rate in the small sample that we saw for him. So highest I've been on Chris Rump in a while. I like the edge group, and Carlo Kemp definitely had a good shot if it wasn't you know those other guys also playing really well too. So there are more decisions, including... Maybe the toughest decision. Will the Chargers take on someone like Taiwan Mullen, right? An undrafted free agent. Are they going to keep five safeties on this team after only keeping three in some years in the past? That was easily the toughest decision. I'm interested to see if me and David went the same direction on this one because, I mean, I up until we started this, I didn't know who I was going to pick. So we're going to do the final parts of our 53-man roster prediction, including who wins the kicker battle, of course, coming up right after this. First, though, I do need to tell you guys that buying your tickets to your favorite events shouldn't ever be stressful. And that's why you need to get with Game Time because Game Time is the fast and easiest way to buy tickets for all sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. With killer deals on last minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun that you're going to have. One of my favorite things, you get pictures of where the tickets are, right? We had some obstructed view tickets to Blink 182, and we're like, ah, it's last minute. I don't know, but we actually could see. From the app, that we had just a nice view of the stage, and it ended up being awesome. We got it super cheap. But with Game Time, they're committed to giving you that kind of experience. And with the Game Time guarantee, if you find tickets in the same section and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. It's the fastest-growing ticketing app in the country for a reason, so snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKDOWNNFL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply again. Create an account and redeem the code LOCKDOWNNFL for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. All right, David. Well, we got to speed through the rest of this roster, and I want to start with the secondary because, to me, it's kind of one big conversation. Um, but I think if you go with how many either of us kept in either one, it's going to kind of give it away, right? So yeah. I went into it thinking – the Chargers will keep 10 guys between the two. Do they go with someone a little bit, you know, less seasoned? Do they go with someone a little bit more raw for positional reasons? And I think the other big part of this conversation, too, is that cornerback, I think you feel a lot more solid about the five guys that we know that are going to make the team. Whereas in years past, you know, last year they carried two rookies we had no idea about and Jasir Taylor and Dean Leonard. So I think, David, it came down to this. We had the same locks, I believe, you know, JT Woods, Derwin James, Alohi Gilman, and yeah. Raheem Lane. And Raheem Lane, for me, was kind of a lock just because he didn't really play at all in the last preseason game. Seemed yep. like he was there if he was needed, and he really only, you know, he didn't really play at all defensively. No. So that made it clear to me. But Mark Webb, still on the bubble, right? I mean, clearly on the bubble. Didn't have a huge offseason or preseason where you think, hey, he's finally made it click. He's going to make this team. 
is part of Chargers special teams units, though, and that's also important. And to me, it came down to either Mark Webb or Taiwan Mullen. We saw Cam Brown, who had a couple of really impressive games, already get released. So that made it a little bit simpler in this equation. But, man, that's a really tough decision. Who'd you end up going with? It, it is a really tough decision. And I, I was a guy who was a huge Taiwan Mullen fan the entire Uh-oh. preseason. I really, really enjoyed watching him play. I feel like when he came in, he was always very sticky in coverage. I felt like he was a sure tackler. I mean, he was a guy that was all over the field. Like, he was making his presence felt. Unfortunately, I don't think that uh, he was going to be able to make this 53-man roster. I hope that the Chargers are able to get him on the practice squad because, like I said, I liked a lot of what I saw. But my cornerbacks are Asante, obviously Michael Davis, JC, uh, you know, Jazir Taylor, and Dean Leonard. And then safeties, it's James, Gilman, Woods, and uh, Raheem Lane. And I do have them keeping Mark Webb Jr. as well. Yeah, that's I just feel one. like they like his versatility. Uh, I feel like they feel like he, they can put him uh, at corner. And they can put him at star. They can put him back deep at safety. Um, and he's finally healthy. And I think the Chargers were waiting for that to see if he can show that he can be healthy. Um, and I feel like he's done that. So I feel like because of that and his special teams aspects, he is going to be on this 53. Yeah, it's another one where I have it the same way, and I think it might be the wrong decision. Like, I think I might want to take the chance on someone like Taiwan Mullen because I don't think Mark Webb did enough to get picked up on somebody else's squad anyways. Obviously, yeah. I don't know how they feel about him as a special teams player, and that would be the reason you're keeping Mark Webb, not for anything right. that he's done playing safety this year. That's, that's we true. We do know they will play Mark Webb at the star, like you've talked about, you know. Yeah. Maybe that plays a little bit into it, but that's going a little shallow in the cornerback department. I love the improvement of Dean Leonard, right? Jasir Taylor, yes. we'll see. It's been big. It seems like he lost that position battle, obviously, to Sunday Samuel Jr., which I yeah. think was the right move. Yeah. But I think I'd rather take a chance on Tywin Mullen than try to decide whether Mark Webb's going to figure it out this year. Personally, I would, too. Pick. Yeah, no, exactly. And we're thinking you know, about what we think they're going to do, Yeah, not what we would have done. But I think it's close, especially how much this team has put that emphasis on special teams, which is absolutely playing a giant factor here. It just has to, right? Let's get to the linebackers. Not a a bunch of questions on this one. Um, I'd be surprised if it doesn't shake out this way, David. I have them keeping Kendricks, Kenneth Murray, Nick Neiman, Amen, Ogbong, Bamiga, and Dayon Henley, our boy Bong making the squad. I think, you know, Michael Jones, Tay Crowder are the guys who are left out. I mean, Michael Jones actually showed me a lot. And that last played really, really game. well against San Francisco. I mean, yeah, really, and so really did Dayon well. Henley. I mean, it yeah. was nice seeing those dudes out there. Michael Jones, though, was a guy who was, I believe, all ACC a couple of seasons, though, was a really, really good linebacker in college. Definitely showed he has the instincts and the tackle yeah. and the ability to play at this level, at least, you know, in a very small sample size. He's a guy I'll probably be hoping can get on the practice squad somehow. I agree with you. Yeah, I like his read and react. I remember one distinct play where it was clear that he saw it. He shot the gap, and he was able to pull the ball carrier down. We just uh, love people who can tackle. With, yeah, I mean, uh, <laughs> and, and get a tackle for loss, man. I mean, oh, that, man. that gets me going uh, after seeing just some horrendous tackling by the Chargers man. the last couple of years. Yes, I get excited for good tackling. And fortunately for us, Daniel, we have seen a lot better tackling this offseason and a concentration yeah. on improving that tackling this offseason. And I yeah. feel like it has resonated. Hopefully that carries over into the regular season. But yeah, I have the linebackers exactly the same. Yeah, I think, you know, I mean, obviously in this last game, the, the 49ers at the beginning of the game were running all over the Chargers and they couldn't tackle anybody, oh, yeah. right? So, I yeah. mean, it, it's hard not to put too much stock into that. And it's hard to know that the starters that we know are in place have made big improvements because we haven't seen them tackle to the ground yet. Right. I do think, though, if you stay more connected 
in run defense, you have much smaller holes. You're not trying to make crazy tackles in a ton of open space. So if they can just be more connected there, I think just by default, and yeah, if they're in the right places, it's going yeah. to be much easier tackles, and you're going to have more people at the point of attack. You're going to have more people meeting at the ball carrier. Yeah. And group tackling is always the way to tackle. You know, always. hats to the ball. That's what you want to do. And I think that could definitely improve this year if they're more connected. And I think that's a big yeah. part of it. So the Chargers have three positions left up for grabs, David, in our 53-man roster prediction. And it comes down to the specialist. So nobody's going to question whether or not Josh Harris, the all-pro long snapper, who I'm gonna, just going to give all the credit behind, you know, Ryan Ficken for making the special teams better. And yes. J.K. Scott, who is the exact punter they want to get the advantage, the hang time to really limit returns or locks. He does it very well. I will be shocked if Cameron Dicker, and I get that notification, I will be shocked and upset if Cameron Dicker doesn't find a way. I'm surprised that they didn't try to give Dustin Hopkins a little veteran kind of, you know, like we saw them do with Carlo Kemp. Why haven't we seen that yet? I don't know. If it somehow isn't Cameron Dicker, I think that's a gigantic mistake. Well, after being one of the most accurate kickers in NFL history last year, and then I feel like carrying that momentum into this year and into this offseason and into this preseason, there is nothing that Cameron Dicker has showed you that would suggest that he should not be the kicker on this Chargers team and the one that is on this 53-man roster. No disrespect to Dustin Hopkins, but I feel like Cameron Dicker truly beat him and won this job. He is young, and I feel like he is going to be the kicker of the future for the Chargers. It feels like he has to be, man, and it sucks because Dustin Hopkins is the best Chargers kicker in a long time. He lost his job due to injury. Everything sucks. Yeah. It just, it, it, I mean, he made over 90% of his kicks in the in the offseason at camp, according to the beat riders. Eric Smith had it 62 of 68, I believe, 91%. And that's not including being perfect in the preseason. It's just consistency, I think man. Maybe he missed one 50-yard field goal all offseason, and then that's enough for David right there to go ahead and wrap things up. So that's how we see it shaking out. We should know a lot more as the day plays out. I think these are going to keep trickling out. And tomorrow we'll be back with you either reacting if the Chargers do a bunch of cuts. And if not, we want to get into some of the guys who have been released from other teams the Chargers could try to swoop in and add to the after active roster and maybe replace some of these guys we, that we had really on the bubble for this team. So thank you to the everydayers who checked us out, especially late on a Sunday night. We appreciate you guys so much. Make sure you're subscribing or following for free on the Locked On Chargers YouTube channel so you don't miss shows, especially random shows we do on Sunday nights sometimes because it happens. And listen, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts from, we are all of those places. So thank you guys. You can also find us on all of our social media. Make sure to go follow me on X at Dan Talk Sports and David Drogmeyer at Dro Talk SD, whose DMs are always open. So you make sure you never miss a show because we post them there as well. You can find the show's page at Locked On LAC, our Instagram at Locked On Chargers, and our Locked On Chargers Facebook page. Thank you so much for everyone who took some time to go check out what we think is going to happen on this 53 man roster. And let's say this, David. This roster is way too talented for them to not supplement it and make the right decisions at the end of it because we know how important these decisions are going to be, and there's a lot of pressure for the Chargers to get it right. So we'll get more into that tomorrow. But until then, guys, take it easy and go Bolts.